people. Got to fist bump somebody. Let them know you're happy they're here. If you're married, don't be punching nobody. That's messed up. We'll save that for the... Uh... <laughs> hey, I love it. Fist bump, everybody. Fist bumps. I don't care. It's fine. Me and you, Jeremy. We got it. Get ready for it. Yeah, we even blew it up. I'm so excited. Hey, I'm, I'm so thankful we get to be here today. Uh, and I, I'm thankful we get to be here each and every week. I just want to tell you, it's always for Jesus's name and Jesus's fame that we do this. So uh, I'm just going to say, if you see me sitting down, it has the significance of I'm just getting a little older, might be having a calf injury, just say. So just bear with me today, because no matter what, I believe Jesus has something for us. Hey, throughout this series, we've been talking about this thing called the vow. And we've talked about, hey, wherever you are on this relationship spectrum, Jesus has something for you because this series is talking about wedding vows, but we're trying to look to say, hey, it's more than a declaration of love. It actually holds the keys to a strong lasting marriage. But here's the thing about marriage. You gotta prepare for it beforehand, even because when you walk into it, you're completely unprepared, right? Like, let's be real, it is. I know my 14 wives that I've had uh, have... <laughs> For real, for real. Uh, if you know anything about me, I will tell you, before I get you to go where you want to go in your Bible, I just want to tell you, I have never felt more unqualified to bring a message to you today than to talk about marriage. But here's the thing that I do know. The same Holy Spirit that dwells inside of me dwells inside of you. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will show you the exact next step that you need to take through this series called The Vow. So bear with me. Uh, the reason I say that I'm unqualified is I am a single man, unmarried, and I don't have kids. Now that don't mean too out. That doesn't mean just shut off. What that really, really means is, hey, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to do in your marriage because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us peace at times and he convicts us at others. So wherever you are, that same Holy Spirit that dwells inside of me, if you have a relationship with Jesus, dwells inside of you. And I believe no matter what, you will find something exactly for you today. So we do this each and every week, if you've got your Bible, I wanna get you to go ahead and go to this book called Hosea. That's a different place to be. I know it's a very, very different place to be. If you, uh, if you uh, got your Bible, get to the book of Hosea. And I'm gonna show you, if you don't have a Bible, number one, and you're in the house, we've got a free one for you. But also, you can follow along with us on the Bible app. So let me show you how to do that really, really quickly. Our team is awesome. They try to set everyone up so greatly every week. So I'm gonna show you in a video real quick how to do that. Uh, if you've got the Bible app, download it from your favorite app store, whatever that looks like for you. And once you do that, you wanna click on it. Everybody can do it with me. This is fun. We're a team effort. Click on it. Go ahead and click the more tab. And when you do that, click events. Make sure your location services is on. Uh, and once you do that, you're gonna see the Vine TV worship experience. Uh, and so today you're gonna see this thing called the vow of pursuit. That's right, pursuit. Uh, and you're gonna see the scripture that we're gonna be talking about, but also you're gonna see how you can get in contact with us if we can serve you or pray with you in any way. Because we know sometimes it's really hard to respond right away. Something may work on you and you wanna get away to contact us later. Go ahead and jot down that contact info. And if you're watching online and you don't have time to jot down, I just wanna tell you it's really easy. You can reach out to me personally at tyler.west at thevine.tv. My personal number is 864 706 9634, or you can reach out to our team at the church at hello at thevine.tv, and the church phone number is 864-580-6698. So if you wanna respond that way, uh, we can serve you in any way. So go ahead and get in your Bible to Hosea, and don't get upset with me because we're not gonna start there, all right? Are y'all ready? You're like, oh my goodness, we're in Hosea and we're not even starting there. I know. So I kind of want to build up to what we had last week. Last week, we kicked off our series, and Alex Hanby, our teaching pastor of Hope Rising Ministries, got to come hang out with us and kick off this series as he talked about the vow of priority, the vow of priority. And he talked about what it meant to not be selfish, because <laughs> we're not ever selfish, are we? Ever, none of us are selfish, right? What it meant to not be selfish and how to have priority in your marriage. And if I could sum it into one sentence, what we learned last week was God should be your first priority. Your spouse should be your second priority. Your kids should be your third. You should be like your fourth and your work should be somewhere in the end, right? Like you should be trying to serve those around you instead of being selfish about yourself. So when we talk about the vow of priority, the vow of priority in marriage is service, not selfishness. So 
the reason I wanted to build the groundwork of that is he, he, he brought the message from Ephesians 5, and I wanna use that as the groundwork for where we're gonna move into Hosea today, okay? So it's gonna pop on the screen, so if you don't know where Ephesians is, you've already got your place in Hosea, that's totally cool. Uh, I'm just gonna read it to you and I'm gonna talk to you about why we're starting at Ephesians 5. So if you've got that, and it's gonna pop up on screen here, Ephesians 5, 31 says this. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will be... Now, almost every marriage ceremony you go to has this. As a matter of fact, you might not have seen it in Ephesians 5, but we preached through Ephesians 5 last week. It's more than likely coming out of Genesis 2, 24. It's probably the reference that you've heard it from. So somewhere along the way, if you've ever talked about marriage or you've heard anybody talk about it, they've talked about this verse. Uh, along with 1 Corinthians 13, let's be real. That's usually where it goes through. Everywhere, anytime I have a wedding ceremony, I, I walk through that. So all that to say, the reason I wanna start at that is one word inside of that verse is gonna help us today. Ephesians 5.31, it says, for this reason the mother, the this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be, what's that word for me? United. Everybody say united. So we're gonna learn something new today. Last week we learned through the vow of priority how selfishness has no room for marriage, uh, selfishness has no room in marriage and serving our spouse and serving those around us. I'm gonna teach you some Hebrew today. Are you ready? It's gonna pop up on screen. So the word is D-A-B-A-Q and it's doll back. Come on, we're back, we're down south so we can say doll back. Like, come on, y'all know, y'all got it, right? Doll back, not debacky, like tobacky, not debacky, Dollback, dollback, kind of like a quarterback. It sounds like a quarterback or a receiver name, right? Like a dollback, like a strong thing. So let me tell you what that means. That is the Hebrew word for unite. That's exactly what Paul is referencing here in this in Ephesians 5 and what we see written in Genesis 2.24. The Hebrew word for unite is dollback. And it means to cling or adhere, to catch by pursuit, to pursue hard with affection, and devotion. So see, if we have our priorities right in our marriage, then what we're gonna talk about today is this vow of pursuit. So once we have our priorities right, it's really, really easy to be united with our spouse because we understand that uniting with our spouse means that we're constantly in pursuit of them. Now that's crazy to think about that. You don't, sometimes, you know, when I think about where we are, I think about in America today, aren't we obsessed with love stories? Like, come on, we have channels devoted to love stories. Like Christmas is, Hallmark right now has everything you want. Don't go to the Lifetime love stories. That's crazy. That's kind of what we're gonna talk about in Hosea today. Like there's gonna be something like that. That's like one of those unsolved mysteries stories. But like in America today, we're obsessed with love stories and it starts from like this big, right? Like look at all the Disney movies like Cinderella, Little Mermaid, like uh, Aladdin, I don't know so much about Frozen, but you go where you want to go. Like, we're obsessed with love stories. But here's the thing. I think God has planted that inside of us because we're searching for something that's pursuing us, and we're in constant pursuit of that. But once we have it, don't we have a tendency to be like, ah, oh, I've been there, done that. Nah, I'm, I'm cool with that. We've moved on. Like, all right, so Ariel can sing and walk. That's awesome. She lost her voice for the prince. It is what it is. That's a cool thing. Let's go to the next one. It's Cinderella time. Ooh, Beauty and the Beast. We know how the story ends. So we're so excited, but yet when it comes on, are we not like just glued to this love story? So I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about how we are in our relationships. Sometimes don't we struggle with that in the pursuit department? Because once we have what we want, it's kind of like time to move on to the next thing, right? And if we're, if we're completely honest, the hardest thing of staying in relationships is fighting to stay in relationships, right? And that requires pursuit. So some things I was thinking as I was talking about how we're in love with love stories, I even started thinking, don't we have shows dedicated to it now? Like, what is it like uh, Married at First Sight or something like that is a show and and, and divorced at second sight and <laughs> got back together the third time and she took my trailer, my dog, and my truck so I wrote a song, like, you know, something like that. So as I was thinking about all those things, who doesn't love a good rom-com? Like, come on, seriously, you know, Tom Hanks, you know, he's in all of those, right? What, what, what is it, what, who, who is that with him? Meg Ryan usually is with him or Julia Roberts and, and Richard Gere, come on, like, come on, it is what it is. You know, all these things, we got all these, all these movies and I started thinking, Marketers know what they're doing, right? 
But why in the world do we just watch it and not live it? That's what we're gonna talk about today as we talk about this vow of pursuit. So some real cool things here. I told you uh, how I feel unqualified for this. So I just wanna tell you how thankful I am for our Vine worship team and our Vine creative team because I bounced some songs off of them and they knew that the Lord wouldn't be glorified in it. So I wanna share some of those with you today uh, that I said, hey, if we got a love series, we gotta have these songs and they were so great. George Strait, any George Strait song, right? Today, I was gonna have a fishing pole up here and sing Tim McGraw and Johnny's Daddy Taking Him Fishing. Uh, another one I thought of is can't beat the Commodores, you guys. Like the Commodores or the Temptations, you know, you can't beat that. Uh, Elvis, Love Me Tender, like you know what I mean? Like those are some loves, like people get some nostalgia. I'm taking you there. Barry White, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like that's married people talk. I can't talk about that. You know, we have stuff like that. I can't go there. Rod Stewart, you know what I'm saying? Come on, y'all know some hot rod. Y'all know what y'all are doing. Kenny Rogers, the man himself, he starts breaking out Ladius over, isn't it? Either him or Lionel Richie. Like, you know what I mean? Today, I even floated one that some didn't know. I was like, hey, man, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, we got islands in the stream. We'll lose our mind. Tough crap. Uh, so, like, today, I just started thinking about, we even love it in love songs. And all of those songs are about pursuit. Isn't, it? isn't that the beauty of the story? So today, that's where we're going to go back to Hosea because it has the makings of what we watch all the time. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna give you the quick rundown of how it happens. Boy hears God. Boy meets girl from the other side of town. They get married. They live the American dream. Plot twist. Happy ending. That's exactly what happens. And like we know that's how the story goes, but we're glued to it every time, aren't we? Like this is what's happening in Hosea, but today I believe it will teach us so much about pursuit because, you know, one song I was gonna get to sing today, thank God, was Hello Darling. I'm just kidding. If you know that, it is what it is. Conway, that's probably my name, bless his heart. God rest my daddy's soul, he loved him. But anyway, uh, all that to say, today we're gonna talk, about, talk through Hosea. So real quick, I wanna talk to you about this because I believe that inside our relationships, don't we always have good intentions? I mean, Travis Trick, come on, I had the best of intentions, right? Uh, <laughs> Y'all, I'm great at music trivia. Holla at your boy, we'll figure something out. We have the best of intentions throughout all of our relationships, but we struggle to connect it with action. And through Hosea, we're gonna learn how we can take those great intentions and, and, and connect it with our actions. And so today, I just wanna tell you this. If you're not married, here's what I wanna tell you. No matter what, and I just wanna throw that out there, I want you to know that you're worth being pursued. Don't think that you're not good enough. Don't think that you're, 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 you're unlovable. Don't think that you're not worth it. Don't think that anything you've done in your past doesn't mean that you're worth not pursuing. And if you're in a relationship where you're not being pursued and you're not married yet, that should be a red flag right there that maybe this isn't what God has for you because a godly relationship will require pursuit. So I wanna tell you, you're worth it. Especially young lady, wherever you are, if he's not pursuing you and you're having to pursue him, I'm telling you, it's gonna go down in flames. Living proof. It will go down in flames. So what I want to tell you today is if you are single and you want to learn about the vow of pursuit, if you don't get anything from today's message, understand that you are worth being pursued. So let's dive into Hosea. I got all that out front. I'm not singing anything today. Don't worry, guys. Get excited. It's good times. Unless I fall and then I'll sing uh, the Lord's name uh, really well. So Hosea, I've just got a few verses as we talk about this epic, awesome love story. Hosea 1 is where we're going to start. And it says this, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, who is a prophet, which by the way, in this time, prophets had to be what's called righteous men of God. They were obedient to God. They, they followed God step by step and what they did. The Lord said to him, go marry a promiscuous woman. Doesn't that throw you for a loop in the Bible? Like, you don't expect that, do you? Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So Gomer, being the guy that he is, said, okay, I'll go do it. So Gomer, so he, excuse me, Hosea, being the guy that he is, goes and marries Gomer, not Homer. Don't get excited. If this is ever a story from the South, this story in the Bible is a story from the South. Hosea and Gomer, what a couple, right? Like, that is exactly what's happening here. Gomer, the daughter of the blame, and she conceived and bore him a son. Starting off well. It's a Romeo and Juliet story. Two kids from the opposite side of town, they get together. 
and they're ready. Like they say, we're gonna pursue each other. We're gonna do this thing. And Hosea being a man of God and, and Gomer not being a woman of God, he still was obedient to what God called him to do. And all of a sudden they have children. So I'm just gonna give you a rundown a little bit of what happens in the rest of of Hosea 1. They have three children. So if you're taking notes, this isn't going to be on the screen. Uh, I just want to tell you, because this is going to pay attention to this later as we talk about what happens. Uh, they have three children. The first child's name is Jezreel, which means bloodshed. How would you like for God to tell you to name your child bloodshed? So number one's Jezreel. That's another name from the south. You tell me God don't have a sense of humor. He knew we were going to be here. Jezreel, bloodshed, you got, somebody's got a hound dog named Jezreel. Don't lie, y'all do, don't you? A bloodhound, by the way, because it's bloodshed. No. So the first one is bloodshed, so remember that. The next one, Lo-Ru-Hama. Lo-Ru-Hama, which is a daughter he had. So God said, name your daughter Lo-Ru-Hama, which means not loved. How would you like that? To name your daughter not loved. And then they have another son at the end. And his name is Lohami, which means not my people. Getting pretty dire. Believe it or not, this isn't even the plot twist. But we think that our names aren't important and we think that things in the Bible aren't important and we think that our actions aren't important, but it's really crazy when I see this. I think about where Hosea and Gomer are and I think about the struggle of that, being a mother, having to name your child that and being a man saying, what in the world is God doing here? And I can imagine the, what the pressure of raising three kids was probably unbearable. As a matter of fact, because they were from two different backgrounds, like they probably had different ways they disciplined those children. They probably had different plans and thoughts and ideas for those children. And it just became too much. So much so by Hosea 2.5, Gomer's out of the picture. She has an affair. She steps out on Hosea. She gets pregnant by another man. She's gone. And the heaviness in the room right now is maybe if you're watching online or wherever you are on this day that God has you watching this, maybe that's, that's where you sit and you feel like you don't have hope. I wanna promise you, you're gonna find some hope today because we're gonna see how Hosea went through this vow of pursuit. Because see, here's what happened with Gomer. It was just too much. She went back to her old ways. She said, hey, this world's got so much more to offer than following God ever would. Like following God just gave me some three kids with three jacked up names and this guy who's a prophet. And so she goes back in the world to search for what only God could give her. And what I wanna tell you is maybe you're not the person that's been stepped out on, but you're the person of thinking of stepping out today. And I wanna tell you this, don't do it. Anytime you step out of the will of God, I promise you, you're gonna find yourself trapped just like Gomer was and where we're gonna pick up where Gomer was. And I wanna tell you today that there is hope and there's ways that you can get help and there are people here that want to help you. You just gotta be willing to ask. I'm not telling you to stay in an abusive situation. God never created you to be physically abused. That is not the situation God told you to stay in. So hear me out right now. But I will tell you, if you're thinking of stepping out and stepping out of the will of God in your marriage today, don't do it. Not only are you worth pursuing, that spouse that you walk down the aisle with is worth pursuing as well. And maybe you're in a relationship right now and it's had some rocky things and you're not married yet. And maybe this is a friendship and you're thinking of stepping out of that friendship and God's telling you to stay and you can't figure out why. I wanna promise you, it's not worth it to step away. It's just not. So let's continue on to see what happens because I want you to see practically what God teaches us through this, this vow of pursuit because right now it's doom and gloom. Right now it's crazy. Like the plot twist is actually that Gomer stepped out. Gomer had it good and Gomer steps out. That's the plot twist. There's two more plot twists in this story, but Gomer steps out on Hosea, but here's what happens. And here's, how, here's frankly how God is faithful. Hosea 2.23 says it, this way. Remember, I gave you the names of those children. The first one was bloodshed. The second one was not loved. The third one was not my people. Here's what God says about Gomer. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called, not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. 
And they will say, you are my God. So you're saying, Tyler, what, what are you trying to teach me here? Well, I'm gonna try to teach you what God is trying to teach us in this vow of pursuit. And wherever you are in your relationship is, I know Gomer saw the names of those children were probably doom and gloom, but God says, hey, I'm gonna redeem them. And I have a point and a purpose for it, but you just gotta stay inside my will to see it. So the first thing that God's teaching us about pursuit here is this. Excuse me. When you think something good, say it. When you think something good, say it. You know, it would have been really easy for God when he's talking to Hosea here to not say something good about those children, to not say something good about this situation. I can tell you from personal experience, I have been in a relationship where I said I was gonna marry this person and they stepped out on me. And I can tell you there's hurt on both sides of that, but I can tell you the pain and the purpose through it is God has something greater in store for both of us. And yet, sitting right here, the thing would be hard to say is to say that right now because there's something good to be said about it. It's really easy to be bitter and angry about it. It would have been really easy for Hosea to be mad at God about this. It would have been really easy for Gomer to be mad at God about this. But God says, hey, if you wanna see pursuit in your relationship, when you think something good, say it. He's living it out here. I want you to see this. So how do we live this out practically? Men, Pursue her with words of affection. I will tell you this, because, you know, I'm not married, so I'm the expert, right? Not at all. So I will tell you in premarital counseling, one of the books I'm giving you, not just so that you can have this, I would highly recommend it. As a matter of fact, you can go to tylerwest.tv or go back to our Thursday night greenhouse gathering group. We walk through this as a group together. It's called the five love languages. I'm not gonna attack them all today, but I wanna tell you the reason I wanna talk to you, man, about pursuing your wife with words of affection is this. She just wants to know, do you love me today? She wants to know, do you love me today? And she may not have the words to say that, but I know if your wife or your significant other, your spouse, knows that she's loved today, I bet it's gonna be a pretty good day. She just wants to know, do you love me today? And here's the thing, here's the thing, guys, because I know how we are. I'm not talking about sex. I'm not talking about trying to get anything from her, do you love me today? Like, do you love me today just as I am? And I wonder if that's maybe where Gomer was stuck right there. And maybe Hosea even felt stuck that way, but Gomer maybe never heard Hosea tell her, hey, I love you just like you are. Because here's the thing, maybe you're struggling about how you can tell your wife this, or hey, maybe this is your girlfriend, maybe you're engaged and you're getting ready to be married. So I wanna give you some practical examples how you can pursue that person in your life, pursue her with words of affection. Here's some conversation starters. And you can take it credit for all of it. Don't even, because I, I don't have a clue about this. I'm just studying it. So just understand, I told you, I feel unqualified. Look at your wife and let her know, I love you because blank. Tell her why you love her. Don't talk about her body. Talk about what she does. Talk about what makes her, what makes you feel loved by her. Let her know this. Hey, hey, honey, you honor God when? How crazy would that be? Hey, maybe you look at her and say, hey, you are so much fun when, hint, don't say sex, hint, something different. You are so much fun when uh, I snore out loud and you kick me. I don't know, whatever that is, let your wife know that she is loved today. Hey, maybe it's this. Here's the thing that I can see inside of relationships. I tend to be a doer, so I understand this. So I grew up with girls, so I'm not, not at all an expert, but I could see this. And when your wife wants to know, do you love me today? Let her know you see her sacrificing for you each and every day. Because if there's one person, as Alex talked about, that gets beat up in the marriage relationship about serving, it's the wife. That's all you hear, wife serve your husband, wife serve your husband, wife serve your husband. And rarely we as men do we acknowledge that. And I wanna tell you, if you've got a wife that's up before you getting breakfast ready, if you've got a wife that's cleaning things, doing the dishes, taking care of the child, changing the poopy diapers all the time, because <laughs> that's not me, whatever that looks like, or changing my poopy diaper, because I need change too sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Whatever your wife is doing, I want you to acknowledge her and let her know that you see her sacrificing. As a matter of fact, would you let her know that she's your best friend and that you love her for it and your actions? Let her know that. She needs to hear that today. Let her know 
that she is loved. And as a matter of fact, this is where I would tell you, this is where it burdens my heart. And this is what I want to say is, hey, God willing, one day I'm going to have a daughter. But the one thing that God's called me to steward now is those vine kids and spur that kicks off next week. And what I want to do is I want to have Proverbs 31 women that are so strong and know that their love comes from God first and some boy second that they can't help but know that they're grounded and secured and they're not gonna be defined by some hormone-raged teenage moment at a theater that could, could define the rest of their life. But instead, they're so strong and knowing that God loves them and that they have a man that loves God first and pursues them second, that they know where their love lies. That there's not a question because they have a man in their life that's not afraid to tell them how much he loves her. It's not seen as weak, uh, not only does it from time to time, but really, really, truly does that. Because I know if we show women how to be, girls how to be Proverbs 31 women, can you imagine the difference it would make? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine our sons and daughters, our daughters growing up, our nieces, nephews, goddaughters, our, our granddaughters, wherever that is, knowing where their love comes from first, that it comes from God. And secondly, that a man is not afraid to tell her how he loves her, not her body, not what she can do for him, but how he loves her. Could you imagine how different the world would be? It's crazy. As a matter of fact, I saw a friend uh, not too long ago. His name is Ben Stapley, so I don't know if I'm supposed to give copyrights to that or whatever, but he is down at, at, at a church, at CF Church in Miami. And I saw something this week, and this is what stirred my affections for this as we talk about going after your wife with affection. He has two girls, and what he does with his little girls, I think, I, I don't know, I think they're elementary school age. So I'm just, let's just say they're, they're, they're seven and eight. I don't know, I don't remember their age, but I thought this was a cool thing. Him and his wife, have Valentine's dinner with them every year, not together, they do it with their daughters because he said, my wife did it in her house and she wasn't caught up in some feeling from a boy throughout high school and middle school and college because she knew where her love lied and she knew that she could always go to her father with anything and that's what helped her relationship with her heavenly father. So they have Valentine's dinner with their daughters every week so that they can, or every Valentine's Day, so that they can truly have love. As a matter of fact, his wife, when she grew up, didn't go on Valentine's dates with boys. She looked forward to the dinner with her parents more than she did with the boys. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine how strong our communities could be and how different our life could be if that was the case? I wish I could tell you I was perfect at that. I'm far from it. But today, men, if we want to pursue our wives, if we want to pursue our significant others, maybe we just let them know that they're loved today. So there are some practical examples of how you can do that. Maybe Valentine's Day just passed and you can't do it this Valentine's Day, but you got a daughter, maybe next Valentine's Day, you can do that. And I promise you it'll make a difference. Now it comes to the women because I'm an expert at that. No, uh, I'm not. Women, let me tell you as a man what I like hearing and there are men in the room that, that can, can shout me down if I'm wrong. But women, pursue him with words of affirmation. What I'm saying is, I wanna know that you believe in me today. Your husband, your boyfriend, the, the, the man in your life just wants to know that you believe in him. As a matter of fact, I want you to know that your words have the power to build him up or tear him down. When I look at relationships in the Bible, I look at one that, like Jezebel and Ahab, I don't know if you remember that story, and, and it's a bad name, we know, it's on all those, it's on all these rom-coms, Jezebel. Like, we know all those names, right? Jezebel. She ripped Ahab apart with her words. As a matter of fact, led to his death. But yet I look at these great relationships like we talk about how, how we can see Ruth and Boaz and how they pursued each other and go that or Rachel and Jacob and, and how their words are so important. Woman, women in our life, men understand, go after your wife with affection. Women go after him with affirmation and all of a sudden your priorities are straight and you're not afraid to pursue each other. So here are some practical ways you can do that. Really quickly is this. Tell him what you see him becoming. Stop telling him the things that he's not. As a matter of fact, I will tell you, I know everything that I'm probably not, and I may have blind spots, but I'm a person that beats myself up. I'm not married, so I'm not an expert. So hang in here with me. Married men can shout me down if I'm wrong, but I, I'm aware of my many faults, <laughs> and I beat myself up for it daily, 
But if you have a wife in your life that tells you what she sees you becoming over what you were called in, man, that's a strong marriage. That's what those 50-year anniversaries look like, isn't it? That's what those 30-year anniversaries look like. So I would say, how can you do that? Build him up spiritually. Let him know, hey, when you take me to church, it makes me feel like this. I feel close to you when you do this. And one I like hearing, you can just hit it and do it today, but really, you never sound more attractive than when you pray. You know how crazy that is? I like get tingles right now thinking about it, like seriously. If you notice him praying and how close he is to God and that attracts you to him, I'm telling you, that's when whew, Kenny Chesney comes, I'm just kidding, Kenny Rogers comes on and whew, Conway Twitty comes on and crazy things happen. That's Song of Songs. I'll do that when I'm married one day. That's gonna be that marriage series. I can't do that now. So I say all that to say, we talked about the, the, the girls becoming Proverbs 31 men and my, my burden is one day, God willing, I'll have a son, but I'm called to steward vine kids and the spur now. I wonder if the boys in our life, as we grow them to be men and shepherd them to be what God's calling them to be, would they see that they are warriors of the faith and that there's so much more that they are becoming than this moment, than this instant, than this thing that they're in, this peer pressure that they're facing, this moment in their life where they wanna be cool because they want another notch in their belt instead of understanding to be the man that God called them to be is gonna take sacrifice and obedience. And he will bless it. Can you imagine if we have young men who are warriors of the faith and young women who are Proverbs 31 women, a difference our community would look like? I'm telling you, it would be crazy. As a matter of fact, it would be a welcome home kind of community. It would be one that, 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 that would rival anything. I guarantee you, crime wouldn't be an issue. Would you still have crime? Yes, because there's sin in the world. That does not exist where there's no crime. But I bet you marriages would be hung on to. Stories that you would get to be told would get to be told through those marriages would be so beautiful if we just raise them up right. So, men, pursue your wife with words of affection. Women, pursue your man with words of affirmation. That sounds like a country song or an acoustic rap, but it is what it is. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Hosea, Hosea, three verse one. The second thing we're going to learn about here in a moment. Hosea 3, verse 1. So we learn that God redeems, redeems things with his words. If you think something good, say it. So here's what God does when he goes to Hosea in Hosea 3, verse 1, and it says, The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and it is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. Don't get caught up in the raisin cakes. Don't get caught up in all that. Here's what I want you to hear. God tells Hosea to love his wife again. In modern terms, he's saying, when's the last time you dated your spouse? When's the last time you pursued her? When's the last time you went after her? When's the last time that you let her know how much she's valued? Because here's the thing about Hosea in our life. Here's what he's doing. Here's what I wanna tell you where Gomer is at this moment. She went into a world of prostitution. She went into a world where she got pregnant by another man. And all of a sudden, when she chased something outside of the will of God, when Hosea goes to get her, she is now in the sex slave trade. When he's about to go get her, she is literally on the slave market. She is at a place where she is no longer willing to be in the world outside the will of God. She is now forced to be in this position. And I don't know about you, but that is real and it exists and that's not anything I would wish upon anybody. But I'm telling you, when you step outside of the will of God, you will always be enslaved to sin. And that's exactly where Gomer is. And God says, hey, Go get your bride. This is like the best taken movie yet, isn't it? Like this is the plot of this movie. Like your wife is out there. Go get her. And as a matter of fact, I wonder everything that went through Hosea's mind, but all we see is his obedience. He was willing to go through the mire, through the muck, through the ugliness, through the mess. And I wanna tell you, maybe you're on the backside of unfaithfulness in your marriage. And I wanna tell you, there's still hope for you. You gotta have God at the center of everything you do. But I'm telling you, Hosea is living proof right here. There's still hope for you. So here's the second thing that, that we see about this that Hosea is about to do. 
First off was, when you think something good, say it. Second, when you think something special, do it. When you think something special, do it. See, Hosea thinks that his marriage is special because God told him to go pursue his wife, to go date her again, to go after her. No matter where she is, no matter what she's doing, go pursue her. So like I said, I love how he says, love your wife again, which implies that he stopped loving his wife at some point. Ever been stuck in a loveless marriage? I know my first 13 were rough. It was really crazy. But for real, have you ever been in a loveless relationship, even if you've not been in a marriage? Or you've just been in a relationship where somebody just took and took and took and never gave. It's a terrible place to be. And maybe that's where you are right now, but I wanna tell you, if you wanna turn things around, if you think something special, do it. Start dating your spouse again. And the beauty is, that I love about this, is Hosea didn't have GPS. He didn't know where his wife was. Like, if you know anything about the sex slave trade or you know anything about what happens is they move all over the place. This isn't something where like they stay in one location. Like she was moved all over this country, sent out to be with men and never saw a dime for it. She was used for her body. And yet he's willing to go chase her, to go pursue her. And so the thing that he thought was special was this marriage that God told him to be in. So he loved his wife again. And so practically how you can do it is once again, start dating her. Start dating your wife again if you're a man. If you're a woman, start dating your husband again. If you're in a relationship, go back to the beginning. Like you ever go back to where you were when you were first in the relationship? Like you remember like you used to not wanna say goodbye on the phone. You'd say goodbye like 15 times. It's kind of weird, like it's that teenage relationship, like you just breathe on the phone. <sighs> Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Are you still there? Yeah, you, you hang up first. No, you hang up. Thank God for unlimited minutes, I'm just saying. Wherever that is, like, could you imagine, like, wherever that, do you remember those days? You remember how giddy it was, like, do you remember, like, you hated when they went on vacation without you? You were so mad because you missed them so much, and now you wake up in the morning, and you're probably like, Oh, God, they're still there. Like, now, isn't it, like, so much different? Like, I want to challenge you to go back to dating your spouse. Go back to that time in your life. Start dating them again. As a matter of fact, here's some ideas. Guys, take care of the kids for the day. Do the dishes. If flowers are her thing, randomly send her flowers. Don't do it on Valentine's because that's when the company sucker you. Like, don't do it on just those days. Go after Do it something like that. Hey, fill the gas tank in her car randomly or all the time, open the door for her. How crazy is that? I always got made fun of in relationships I was in because I would open the door, but I didn't know any better. That's just what I was taught to do, but now I understand the sign of respect for it. Open the door for her. Hey, if she likes notes, write her a note randomly. Like, who didn't like having notes in their lunchbox from somebody who loved them? Let's be real, that was so cool, wasn't it? Like, you never could put it in the sandwich for me because I just eat the sandwich. That didn't work. So, like, you had to do it, like, somewhere in the lunchbox. Like, maybe that's it. Hey, guys, I want to give you a big thing if you want to do it, okay? And I'm not going to take the credit for it, but you can do it. If you want to show your wife you love her and you want to think something special, send her to the spa for a day with no interruptions. If that's her thing. What I mean by that is you keep the kids for a day and you can make it fun for them too. Like go send her to a spa somewhere or a hotel for a day and let her have no interruptions. Because here's the thing we don't know as men. Those kids have been interrupting the turd out of her. Like she can't go to the bathroom without little fingers under the door, probably constantly. She can't breathe without this child around her neck or these children around her and she loves them. But sometimes she needs a break too. So sometimes the best way for to, to serve your spouse and to date your spouse is to send them to a spa day. I promise you it'll be rewarding. I can't talk about that because that's married talk. I can't be where there, but I promise you it'll be rewarding for you. Go send her away for a day. And if you have fear, well, if I send her away, she's not gonna want me anymore, then that tells you what's wrong with your relationship because I promise you she's gonna want you even more because she sees that you love her today. So there's your idea. Go do that randomly and don't do it on Mother's Day. Do it well before then. Like do it on a day, just a random day. Go send her. Maybe she likes going out in the sunflower fields. I don't know. Let her go do that a day with no interruptions. See how much that will strengthen your relationships. Ladies, if you wanna serve your husband, let him be with the guys every now and again. 
Maybe he's with the guys all the time. That's your business. I don't know. But what I'm saying is let him have a golf day every now and again. Let him have a game night. Hey, watch the stinking shoot him up movie he wants to watch. Like seriously. And most of the time, most of the time it's the other way around. Like you're always watching the shoot him up movie and you want to watch the rom-com. And he's like, we know how this ends. But you, he doesn't want to watch it with you. So guys, actually watch that movie with her one time. Then send her to the spa. You'll have a good one. And watch the shoot him up movie with the boys without her there. Do what you got to do. But women. If you want to show your men that you believe in them, hey, watch the shoot 'em up movie. We like explosions. I don't know what it is about it. And some reason we like being around them. I don't get it. I don't know what it is. And if it's not surround sound explosions, we're pretty disappointed. And if it was only the explosions in the trailer, it's still a good movie, but it's not as good as it could have been, right? So wherever you are as a female, if you want to think something special about your spouse, do that with him. Start dating him that way. Believe it or not, maybe set aside for a date night, time for a date night. And I can't imagine how hard that is in today's society. I really, when I tell you I'm the most unqualified, I, I have to worry about my schedule. Now I get to, to be a realtor and get to be a pastor of a church so my, my schedule jams up pretty quickly. But I can't imagine having, having a spouse in the mix and multiple children and trying to figure out going from, from, from one part 50 miles away to another part 30 miles away within 30 minutes, somehow, some way, shape, or form, with no traffic, no red lights, any of that stuff. I can't imagine what that's like. I can imagine it's stressful. But what if you set time aside to have a date night? Maybe it's just once a month. Because I want to promise you, if you're stewarding children and you have that date night once a month, you're actually going to show them what a strong marriage is because you're pursuing each other. And I don't mean neglect them. That just means you set up a babysitter. You set up somebody to do that and go have a time to date your spouse. So if you think something special, do it. Now we're getting there. You're hearing this guy, as you can tell, I'm definitely not married, so we're gonna hang in here with this. But I, I wanted to share this with you. If you do something your spouse loves with them, all of a sudden your spouse's love will be with you. I know that sounds crazy, but if you do something special with your spouse that lay love, if you do something your spouse loves with them, all of a sudden your spouse's love will be with you. That's what dating was. You did things you didn't want to do. Yeah, I love bowling. No, you don't. You hated it. Don't even lie. You didn't love bowling. Yeah, I want to see that movie. It's the, yeah, The Rock. Yes, exactly. I wanted to see that blow up. You didn't want to see that. And guys, you didn't want to see that movie that came out that you knew how it was going to end, but you still did it because you pursued her. Start dating your spouse again. I would challenge you to do that. We're about to be wrapping up here. Hosea, we got a couple more points. I've only got 18 more points since I'm the marriage expert. So hang in here with me. Hosea 2 verses, Hosea 3 verse 2 through 3 says this. So I bought her. This is Hosea. He bought, he buys Gomer for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Interesting side note, that equals 30 pieces of silver. If you've grown up in church, you know what happens here in the spring. We're going to celebrate what 30 pieces of silver did. But maybe you didn't know this. In Old Testament times, 30 pieces of silver was the price of a slave. That's how I know Gomer's in sex slavery. That's how I know she's not just a prostitute. She is actually a slave to it because Hosea had to buy her with 30 pieces of silver. Then he tells her this, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man and I will behave the same way towards you. You see, he started dating his spouse again and I wonder, you know, he's way past the dowry stage and the, and the buying his, his, his spouse's love and letting her parents know that he wanted to be with her, but he was still willing to pay the price to get his bride back. And what God is teaching us through this in Hosea is when you want something different, be it. When you want something different, be it. Hey, when you think something special, you do it. When you want something different, you're gonna be it. And when you think something good, you say it. And here's what I mean by, by, by being it. I don't see Hosea here talking about how bad his wife is. I don't see him saying, well, if she would change her ways, I would change mine. It's really easy to do in a relationship, isn't it? Well, if she would just be different, I'll be different. No. He was the change he wanted to be. He reconciled that relationship. He was willing to be the difference 
for it to happen. And like I said, if you were in a physically or you were in a mentally, if you were in an abusive relationship, that's not God's will for your life. And we can talk about that later. You can come after me however you want to with that. Let's talk because God's not calling you to be in an abusive situation. But what God is calling you to do is to do the hardest thing a lot of times in relationships to do where there's hope found and that's to stay in it and fight for it. Because if you wanna be the change or you wanna see change, you gotta be the change. And I wanna tell you, if you've obediently been following Christ going into marriage, this is what I always tell folks at premarital counseling. So I hope it's right. Shout me down if I'm wrong. We're gonna have audience participation here. If both of you are pursuing Jesus to be all he created you to do and be, when you come together, you are fulfilling something and a calling on your life that only you could do together that you can never do apart. Hear me one more time. If I'm man am a follower of Christ and I woman am a follower of Christ and I'm pursuing him first, the thing that God has called us to do together in marriage, we couldn't do separated. And what Hosea realized in this moment is Gomer couldn't be the woman God created her to be outside of this marriage. And as a matter of fact, he couldn't be the man that God created him to be outside of this marriage. They had to come together to be all that God created them to be because they couldn't do it separated. They couldn't do it apart. And if you're in a marriage with God at the center, I wanna tell you that's exactly where you sit today. No matter what's happened, no matter what chaos in the world has happened, no matter where you've been stuck, no matter how much you wanna punch each other in the throat or, or, figure, out, or figure out how to, you know, to, to, to let their car not start, like you unhook the battery cable just to give them a hard time. I don't know where that is. Wherever you are in your relationship, I wanna tell you what God has brought you together to do, no man is supposed to put asunder because what he brought you together to do is something that no one else could do in this world. As a matter of fact, you couldn't do it separated. You could only do it together. I wanna tell you today that you are better together and will you trust that? Because here's the thing that I love about this story of Hosea and Gomer is this. Imagine the story they got to tell their kids when this marriage was reconciled. Do you think that those kids, when they struggled with anything in this world, were afraid to go to their parents? Imagine they weren't. Because they saw two people pursuing God first and pursuing each other second. They weren't afraid to be united as one, but understood that God had to be their first pursuit and that had to be their first vow when it came to priority. But their pursuit of each other was so strong no matter what the circumstances that they understood where their love would be. And I imagine, and I wanna tell you here at our church, that's why you see welcome home signs, that's why you see things like that is because if we're that strong in our marriage, if God graces us with children one day, we're gonna be a welcome home family, which means I don't care what you did last night. I'm just thankful you were home and we're gonna walk through it. And if you're in any kind of trouble, I'm gonna be there with you step by step. And yes, it may require punishment. And yes, it may require things, but understand that I love you. Can you imagine the difference that would be made? I can tell you none of us are perfect. And that seems somewhat ideal, but I promise you if you're pursuing God together, you're gonna do the best that you can do in stewarding those blessings that are children that God has in, has in your life. And if you ever want a book or a resource, one of the greatest books I've ever read on this topic about being the difference that we wanna see in others is called The Love Dare. And it's by Alex and Stephen Kendrick and it's 40 Days of Unconditional Love. And if you've ever, I mean, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go straight, okay, I'm gonna definitely go straight Christian kid here, so hang in here with me. If you ever heard of Fireproofing Your Marriage, this is the book that's in there. I've read it multiple times. I read it with premarital couples from time to time. If you wanna see that restoration in your life, go through the love there, and I promise you those 40 days will completely change how you unconditionally love your spouse. 15 bucks, it's a 15 buck book maybe 20 bucks at, at, at Barnes and Noble, I don't know. 15, 20 bucks, I believe that 15 or 20 bucks to see your marriage restored is a lot cheaper than going to the divorce attorney, wouldn't you say? So why not give it a shot today? And when we do that, what will our marriages really look like when we pursue each other? Hosea 10, 12 tells us, sow righteousness for yourself. This is what I wanna point out to you. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. Our marriage isn't a feeling, it's something so much stronger. Break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. What that tells me is if I, if I have Jesus first and I seek him, 
and I pursue my spouse, then all of a sudden my love is unfailing. Now that's a country song. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine what the world would be like if we had marriages that showed unfailing love? Instead of on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. That's why our kids feel like they're a tool and used is that's all they see us modeling for them. So with our marriages to be strong, I wonder if we would just understand and reap the fruit of unfailing love. Because as we wrap up today, here's the meaning of this story. I told you that names matter in the Bible. I want you to know that Gomer's name means complete. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) It's a crazy name, isn't it? But did you know that Hosea's name means salvation? And here's the thing that God is trying to teach us in this pursuit, and this is why we do what we do. As a matter of fact, all of us are Gomer. He actually compared Gomer to this nation of Israel that had turned its back on God, and he said, I wanna reconcile you back to me. I wanna wait for you to come back to me. But the thing about Gomer is her name meant complete, and she tried to find her completeness in this world and in everything else, but she only found her salvation in Hosea. What I'm trying to tell you is she could not be complete until she found salvation. Hosea was her salvation and we know and we preach it every week that Jesus alone is our salvation. And if you're searching for wholeness, if you're searching for completeness, if you're trying to see that something in your marriage is complete, I wanna tell you it's not found in your spouse. It's found in Jesus Christ. His salvation is what makes us complete because he already did the work. And so when we look at this story and we talk about this vow of pursuit, I just want you to know today that, hey, if you're searching for something, we've got some practical tips about marriage today. We're gonna sing a song here in just a minute that talks about opening up the sail of our heart. And this story of Hosea is literally this, no pun intended, the story of us. This is a story of us. We are Gomer. We are chasing this world, everything that will fill us. And there's a God-sized hole that only Jesus can fill. And I wanna tell you, that completeness can only be found in Jesus. And the thing is, I don't see Gomer doing anything to earn salvation. I don't see her cleaning herself up. I don't see her going through good works. I don't see her worried about her status. She simply received it. And so today, wherever you are on the spectrum of your relationship, I just want to ask you about one relationship that's your most important relationship. Where do you stand with Jesus? Where do you stand with Jesus? Because Jesus is Hosea in this story. He's been pursuing you from the beginning of time. I want you to know when you feel unlovable, when you feel alone, that there is someone that is there saying, I'm right here with you through the mire, through the muck and the worst of situations. I want you to know that I paid a price so that you can be free. All you have to do is receive it because all of us being Gomer can never earn salvation. We can only receive salvation. And we know this famous verse so, so much, so, so much. You hear it all the time, and it's one that I always rally around. We hear John 3, 16, but I want you to see John 3, 17 as well, and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. I want you to know today, Jesus isn't condemning you. As a matter of fact, he's willing to go down to, the, to pay the price to go down that place and go into that mire and that muck of that thing that you're enslaved to, that thing that that you just can't seem to shake. He's willing to go into the mire and the muck and set you free. All you've gotta do is receive his salvation. And it's this simple. It's believing that he came to live the life you and I couldn't live. He died the death that we deserved on the cross and loved us enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day. We're gonna confess with our mouth that he is Lord and believe in our heart that he died and rose again on the third day. That is that simple. And so today, wherever you are, we're about to bow our heads and say this prayer. My question is, my question is, have you ever received the gift of salvation? You can go like Gomer did and search throughout this world to find completeness, but you'll never experience it until you've experienced salvation. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we say this as a family in this house, wherever you are, I wanna ask you, will you see that Jesus is pursuing you? Will you open the sails of your heart today and see something new and see that something is pursuing you? And will you just simply be obedient and receive the gift 
that is salvation. So I'm gonna ask everybody to repeat after me for the benefit of those who are coming to Christ for the first time, this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you lived the life I couldn't live, died the death I deserved on the cross, but love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life. Teach me how to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. And wherever you are on that spectrum today with every head bow and every eye closed, I'm gonna ask you if it's the first time that you can say that you have received salvation and that you have started a relationship with Jesus Christ, this is your moment. I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna ask you to respond. One, two, three. If you're in this house today or you're watching online, you're gonna see a hand go up online. Would you respond today? Would you say that, yes, would you go first? Would you understand that, yes, I have, I have a relationship with Jesus. I understand that my wholeness is not found in anything in this world, but in Christ Jesus alone. Would you say today that you've started a relationship with him? If you're watching on Facebook, comment. If, if, you're, if you're sitting in the middle of the week at a coffee shop, shoot us an email at hello at thevine.tv. We wanna get resources in your hands, but more importantly, we want you to know that we wanna be a resource to you to walk with you step by step through this season. If that's you, would you respond? And now with every head bow and every eye closed, I'm gonna pray over this next song and then I'm gonna ask you to stand up and have this song of worship. But as I pray, what I'm gonna pray for is I'm just gonna ask in this moment, wherever we are in our relationships, that we would just open up the sails of our heart that we would see that Jesus has been with us all along and that spouse that maybe we've neglected for so long or has been neglecting us, that they're right there with us in this season. That God created and formed them specifically for us to specifically do what he created each of us to do together, the thing that we couldn't do apart. I'm thankful for this family at the Vine because the things that he brought us together to do, we can never do separately or apart. So this isn't just about marriage, it's about family. So as I pray for this moment, I'm just gonna ask that our hearts would be open. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you that we get to lift your name high today. We don't deserve this. God, we only get to pursue because you first pursued us, just like we only get to love because you first loved us. So in this moment, I pray that we wouldn't be afraid to respond. We wouldn't be afraid to talk to somebody today, that we wouldn't be afraid to listen to what you have for us and take that step. Jesus, as we sing this song, I pray that we would worship and know that you have brought all of us together for the purpose of doing something great that we couldn't do alone. But more importantly, Jesus, I pray that we would just see you like never before. Jesus, I pray for marriages to be restored. I pray for relationships to be restored. I pray for people to see you like never before. And I pray that not only would we see you like never before, but that we wouldn't be afraid to live it because you weren't. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Finally see you. 
So today, I, I love that we end with that song every week. I don't know where you are, but I, I pray that you would just open up your heart to see that Jesus is with you. I pray that you would open up your heart to see the people that are around you and surround you and that are willing to walk with you step by step through whatever season. And maybe you're searching for that. I want to tell you there's a church here that says welcome home. We, we have people who want to walk with you through whatever season. It's not about a facade or a screen or an image to project. It's about just being real and be yourself. And so I pray that your marriages would be full of you because that projection eventually ends. As you saw from that dating to some folks, uh, the first night of the honeymoon, there might've been a fight on the way to the theater or two months in or, or three months in, you start realizing that you're not perfect. And the beautiful thing is that person with you isn't either. But with Jesus at the center of it, and your sails open, you see that you're not doing this alone. You're not unlovable. You're not, you're, you're, you are worth being pursued. 
And so as I pray here at the end, I would just challenge you, if you would like to, to be a part of a church that loves you as you are, come hang out with us. Maybe your marriage is struggling. We have people who want to talk with you about it. If you'll go to thevine.tv slash the vow, we've got free resources. But here's the thing about resources. They're just a resource. You need people walking with you, and we have people who want to do that. So if you would like to go to that, go to do that today, or if you want to talk to somebody, once again, reach out to us. Hello at thevine.tv or 864-580-6698. We have people who want to walk with you in this season. So I'm going to pray for us, and we pray as a family here at the end, get all them arms up, and we get ready, and, you know, Dio's worn off by now, so we're good to go, (laughs) you know. We get rocking and rolling. The veil is down and we get to see each other as who we are, right? It's good here at the end. And I just wanna challenge you to come hang out with us next week as we continue and talk about the vow of partnership. So dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every person here. Thank you for each and every person that's a part of this family. I just pray that you would be with marriages right now that that might be struggling, Jesus, or relationships that are struggling where a facade has been put up and that that people have just put up a veil and, and put up this fake Self, I pray that we would just let those walls crumble. I pray that we would just be who you created us to be and seek you. And Jesus, when you were at the center of it, it's amazing. It's amazing the transformation that happens. So Jesus, today, I pray that you would give us boldness. I pray that inside of marriages that, that, that men would pursue their wife with affection and that, and that women would sue their, their, their husbands with affirmation and that, that we wouldn't be afraid to talk about the goodness we see in others, that we wouldn't be afraid to be the change that we wanna see in the world and that we seriously, Jesus, wouldn't be afraid to put into motion this thing called pursuit because you never stopped pursuing us. And I pray that we would pursue the one just like you pursued us and that we would show them you like never before. We love you, Lord. This is all for your glory and for our good. And Jesus, we pray that all we do this week makes your name more famous. It's in your name we pray. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Once again, join us next week for the vow of partnership. Let us know if you wanna be a part of Sower's class, Financial Peace University, starting this Thursday. Have an awesome week.